I like spinach, I like kale, I like turn of greens too. I like string beans and collard greens and uh, Brussels sprouts will do. Welcome to Dr. Yum's Dish. I'm Dr. Namali Fernando, also known as Dr. Yum. I'm a pediatrician and I'm one of the founders of the Dr. Yum Project, a nonprofit organization in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Our mission is to help families make the connection between food and health. On this podcast series, we will get the dish on food and health, and we'll be talking to lots of different interesting guests who really believe and understand the power of this connection. This is our inaugural podcast, so it's very exciting for us. And who better to really explain this connection between food and health than the group of people who make this organization hum? That's our board members, and um, important staff. So we are here with two very important people at the Dr. Young Project, Heidi DiEugenio, who's one of the founding board members of the Dr. Young Project, and Wendy Cannon, who has a big long title, which we're going to give a, a stab at. It's the Cooking Program and Outreach Specialist, am I right? Correct. And Preschool Curriculum Liaison. You Did got I get it. it. Okay, awesome. Jack of all trades. <laughs> Jack of all trades, essentially. So, um, the reason we're doing this is really just to kind of introduce you to our uh, organization and let you know why we are so passionate about what we do. So, I wanted each of um, each of our board members and people who are vital to our organization to kind of tell their story. So let's start with you, Heidi. Heidi actually was, um, I think, the first person I called when I was getting ready to start the Dr. Young Project, and I knew she was passionate about um, teaching families how to eat healthy. So give us your story. Tell us what brings you to the Dr. Young Project day after day. (laughs) (laughs) As a mom of two active kids and understanding the struggle of being able to get healthy food in them. That was, you know, kind of a personal um, challenge and something that I was working on myself at that time. It's about seven years ago now, It's or eight years ago. It's, it's kind of crazy how much time flies. Um, but also, personally, my uh, younger brother was diagnosed with diabetes when he was three years old. And um, just understanding and watching what a challenge uh, healthy eating and kind of watching a diet and, and really kind of adopting that whole idea that food fuels you. Um, unfortunately, he kind of fought that idea most of his life and and unfortunately passed away about five years ago from complications from diabetes, Um, not yet 40 years old. So that was kind of a tough kind of uh, wake up call with that. But I really saw the need to be able to transfer the burden of eating well into making it a um, celebration and a part of life and making an empowering move for families with health challenges and without just kind of in daily life. Um, The other piece of that is just really understanding the difference. We were starting to kind of cut back on fast food at the time and doing kind of, you know, frozen treat meals and all that kind of stuff at the time also. And um, just understanding and feeling the difference in my own body and and my kids' bodies and behaviors um, when we started getting rid of the processed foods and I really started taking a look at and embracing cooking. Um, And thirdly, I also was starting to kind of really understand and feel that there was a real um, lack of creativity in my life. You know, as a, as a busy, busy mom, just running around trying to check the box and get people to practices and work and do all those sorts of things. And uh, understanding that 
needing some creativity in my life, but really kind of embracing cooking as a cre- my daily creative outlook and really kind of changing my outlook every day. Like I get to cook dinner and I get to create something. Um, super frustrating when you know, kids aren't always loving it, but right. you know, but the, <laughs> right. but the, uh, the goal of doing that and, and starting that process was, was for my own, um, in, you know, kind of creative output. Yeah. Heidi and I, we talk a lot about how we have made a lot of parenting mistakes in the kitchen over the years and have Definitely. learned from our mistakes. And one thing I love about our whole group is that we all do love to cook, you know, and we've all had our own stories and journeys, but we all at the end of the day enjoy cooking. And I love in particular how you describe it as a creative outlook outlet. There you go. Um, and how, you know, it's kind of a release and it's a fun way to, you know, spend the end of your day, just putting together a nice meal for your family and figuring out what everybody likes. I know in your house too, you've got different styles of eaters. So sometimes that's a way to be creative, to figure out how to make everybody happy, um, when you're putting together a meal. So, um, especially my kids were younger, they're um, one's in college now, one's in high school with kind of busy schedules, but they, they do get in there and cook, but having that together time, um, I know we would say that the meal, the meal starts with the preparation and the time in the kitchen with the kids. And when they were younger, it was kind of a fun thing to do. In fact, when they were really young and we taught the kids fractions with baking and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, I will say the kind of proud mama moment is when my son is a freshman in college and, uh, he's literally the only person he knows that cooks. (laughs) And <laughs> he was fortunate enough to have a friend that was house sitting. Um, and the friends asked him over and said, Hey, we know you don't ever get to cook in a nice kitchen. Once you come over here, like we'll, we'll buy the food. You can cook in this like gourmet kitchen. And he, I mean, he talked about it for three days during spring break, about oh how exciting that was. Oh, that's so amazing. So that was, it was a, that was a proud mama moment. I love that. And back to the education of cooking. I mean, we, um, we really do try to focus on that. And we, um, some of you may know, we have a preschool nutrition curriculum and education, you know, um, developmental skills are really built into that. And um, Wendy is a preschool, has been a preschool teacher in our community for years and years. And actually, um, the way that we met through the Dr. Yum Project was through the preschool curriculum and educating preschoolers. Exactly. I remember, I remember very uh, clearly the first time I met Namali, she was doing a training at an early childhood conference that I was attending and she was one of the guest speakers and she was showing her website and how she was helping her patients to, um, to be able to cook for their families at home using her website. And she mentioned that she was going to be developing a preschool curriculum. And so after she was done presenting, I ran right up to the front with my notebook. And, and I said, if you're starting a preschool curriculum, I would love to be one of your pilot schools to test it. And so in fact, she and, and Melanie Potok created the curriculum, and the next year, um, my school was one of the eight original preschools in the area who piloted the program, and as a follow-up from that pilot year, we met with Namali, um, all the teachers from those schools, to um, give feedback for improvements to the curriculum and 
um, edits that would be made for upcoming years. And um, we wanted to add, you know, basically double the amount of schools that were participating. And so I stayed after that meeting too. And I said, oh, you know, I think you might need someone to help you if you're going to grow this program in the preschool, in the preschools. And um, so a few weeks later, she called me and said, you know what, I do need some help doing that. And so I've been sort of a, a you know, sold on the Dr. Young project from the very beginning, from even before I knew what it was. Um, as I uh, continued to work with the preschool curriculum, uh, then I became more involved here at the kitchen uh, and helped with some cooking classes and some summer camps and, and found that there was a place for me here too. And that's been really great to do recipe development and work on the website. It's my job has grown in a lot of different areas, but I like to be out in the community doing outreach. We try to go to any kind of event where people want to taste our food and learn about our free tools that we have on our website. And we just are really excited to get more people um, out of the box, out of the bag, out of the drive-through and, um, and cooking together because it's really fun. And I, you know, I learned to cook, um, at, you know, my grandmother, my dad's mom would set me up on the counter beside her. Um, and she was a, an army wife and she had lived in several different, uh, countries. They'd lived in Vietnam and the Philippines. And, um, she was, she loved to make curries and stir fries. And these are the foods that, you know, where we have our curry maker and our stir fry maker. And to me watching her cook those, I just thought it was so exotic and, you know, something really special. And, um, I like that we're able to show families that even though it is exotic and special and that's what you get when you, you know, go to a Thai restaurant, you can make it at home. It's, it's really not that hard. And my grandmother, you know, she was a mom of seven kids and they were on a budget and they, she cooked for big groups of people. And those were some of the avenues that she used were stir fries and curries. And, um, so, you know, I learned to cook from her and, and actually from my dad because my mom was never uh, never big on cooking so she and my dad (laughs) made a deal early on she would do dishes he would cook so um yeah so it just kind of comes naturally to me in the kitchen to throw stuff together and you know I'm always I really rarely follow a recipe that exactly the way it yeah is which is why I'm good at recipe development because I can find some different recipes and then tweak it a little bit or throw my own spin on it the hard part when you cook that way that was trying to recreate what you did <laughs> exactly <laughs> right? I have to be better at taking notes <laughs> I know I have the same problem too I, I grew up watching my mom just with a handful of this and a handful of that and then when she tells you how she made it she can't remember half of what she did or or the measurement so exactly or when you try to make something again it doesn't taste the way what did the first time you made it so yeah sometimes it's much better and sometimes you're like this is disappointing this didn't taste anything like the way I made it last time so like I said everybody on our board and our organization does love to cook and we'll be talking um, next with some of our other founding board members we'll also be talking with some of our newer board members who are new to our little tribe as we like to call it 
Um, but I love that we have this tribe and we've created this culture of wellness in our own lives, but also we're really trying to do that in Fredericksburg too. So we're going to talk next to a couple other um, key members of our team. And thank you guys so much for sharing your stories. And I'm sure we'll have you back on to talk about other exciting things in our upcoming podcast episodes. Excellent. Thanks. Thank you. So next up, we have uh, two more of our board members at the Dr. Young Project, and um, we're talking about kind of what brought them to the Dr. Young Project mission and what keeps them coming back for more and working hard to get our community healthy. So um, I've got Shanti Nair here and Chrissy McDermott. Um, Dr. Shanti Nair is a pediatrician like me and um, probably the only other pediatrician I know who's so passionate about nutrition and food. (laughs) Um, But when I was kind of masterminding how we can get our community better and better health and figuring out how to start a nonprofit, um, Shanti was one of the first people that I called and um, because I knew that she had this passion like me. And at the time, you were working at the community health center, right? At the Rappahannock At the Rappahannock region. Um, uh, serving a different population than I, than I was, but you were still really doing the hard work of trying to make sure that those kids were eating a great diet. And so you agreed to join the crew and, <laughs> and, uh, Shanti also has two delightful little girls who she feeds great food to each and every night, you know, in spite of being a hardworking mama. Yes, and I use Dr. Yam's name all the time. <laughs> they just want to make her proud, so it seems to work. You do, right? I do. I, I, I'm like, do you want to be one of those taste testers at the Dr. Yam? Okay, Mommy, I'll try it. <laughs> so, yes, and it works. You send me pictures all the time. They your want girls... me, it's not me. They want me to take pictures and send it to Dr. Yam. Yeah, she can be proud of. Yeah, and I send all kinds of emojis and and words of encouragement back. And they love it. (laughs) And they're always, anybody says yuck, they're always like, don't yuck somebody's yum. And uh, I mean, yeah, they tell people all the time, it takes 22 times. (laughs) I think they heard that at one of your um, camps. Oh, really? 22? Yeah, 22 or, or Yeah. yeah. Sometimes the numbers get higher, but yeah, they do say that. Yes, twenty-two Not times of trying, trying food before, before a child might yeah, like it. Yeah, so when they have friends I don't know where over, that twenty-two came from. But. Yeah, when friends <laughs> come over or something, they'll say that, and they, you know, they don't want to eat or try something. I love that. So yeah. you know, kids can be the best change agents. Oh yeah, right? yeah, definitely. So I know my kids too. When they were little, they would like encourage their friends to try stuff and oh yeah speak a little bit of dr yum yes isms yes all, yeah all the time all the time yeah. yep tell us a little bit about how you as a pediatrician you know why you find it so important to fulfill this mission well i think um part of it is you know i've always worked in the past in community um like you know in um in the kind of population, um, low-income populations, and um, and it's it's been an epidemic. Obviously, obesity and all the consequences um, consequences that 
seem trivial, constipation, urinary infections, and then cholesterol, diabetes, high blood pressure. Um, at very young ages, I mean, there are kids that I'm taking care of that were four or five years old with high cholesterol. And um, so I find, and then, and then you know, you meet someone, um, you know, like you that's taking care of patients not in the low income, but that problem is there too. So I think it's, it. I don't think it, it this is a problem that crosses barriers. I don't think yeah. it's a problem of the poor, the middle class, the rich. It's, it's just a problem of that for everybody. And um, so I do feel, and there's also stereotypes and misconceptions that if you don't have enough money that you can't get the right foods or, but then when you really look at it, there are ways to fight that and, you know, that, that stereotype and, um, and trying to teach them educating the families about that. So I did a lot of education, um, on obesity with my patients. Um, so, I mean, that's what really, um, kind of drove me to your, um, you know, kind of drove me to what you're doing and your mission, um, which is our mission. Yes, now yeah. it is our mission. Yes. And, you know, I, I will say that um, Shanti's work with mostly low-income families really did kind of steer the conversation for us in a lot of ways in the early days where we were really mindful about making sure we had budget-friendly recipes. Um, and then mm-hmm. you saw a lot of families who were Spanish-speaking. Oh, and, yes. um, and your nurses would translate some of the recipes yeah. in the early days. And, um, and that, I think, really inspired us to make sure that the recipe catalog would be translated into Spanish. Yes. So now if you go to the website and you hit a button, you'll, you know, get the translation. Yes. Um, and that was really important. I think you brought that to the forefront for us um, because of the work that you were doing every day with your patients yeah. and the fact that you wanted them to be able to have access to right. the information as well. Right. Um, yeah, and I really used the website. Uh, resources every single day, um, printing out. It was part of my obesity, uh, kind of I made my own little protocol for obesity. So when patients would come in, we would talk to them about uh, the website, show them the website on one visit, maybe have them do a meal planning the kids. Because I, as you know, getting kids involved in cooking, uh, getting them involved in the meal planning, uh, actually promotes them to eat better as well. Yeah. So, and, and they get excited. And so then they go home and they'll make the meal and sometimes they'll take a picture and send it to me or something, you know, so, so th- they get really excited about that. Yeah. And I love how you're so hands-on in that way because, mm-hmm. you know, we've all been to the doctor and they give us information, you know, eat healthier, eat more vegetables, but how do you do that? Right. Like, how do you actually do that? And so the fact that you're handing them recipes and telling them how they can get their kids to taste more food. I think is really what has made your time there successful and the fact that you've gotten kids to eat better. Yeah. And I think at one point, one of the things that I did was I actually started bringing fruits into um, the clinic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I I started doing that about a year ago. Um, uh, I would, it it was like a thank you for my patients and I had like a bowl and it was in front of my, the, the rooms that I would see the patients in and they would come and first there was a lot of laughter about it. Oh, you know, and then I was like, no, let's see what happens, you know? Um, and so they would come and sometimes they knew after a few months, they knew that the the fruit was going to be there. So the kids would actually come from the waiting room just to grab a fruit. And I would say it's because I'm keeping you, you know, I'm, 
you're spending, you know, you're waiting for me a lot. So I wanted to say thank you for being patient. So I would have uh, fruits. Um, and some of the fruits, like the kids may not have tried before. Like I had a child who'd never had blackberries. And that was the first time um, that, you know, she had blackberries. She was so excited. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I felt like, so having a lot of exposure, and I'm hoping that when they had that, then that got the parent to go and buy that fruit you know so exposure is really important i I feel um chrissy actually um just started joining us and seeing some of that magic first as a volunteer right in the um so we have a lot of camps in the summertime and i think you started rolling in in the summer and doing some camps with us yeah and um tell tell the listeners what you yourself saw in the camps oh gosh so um i'm chrissy mcdermott and um i'm a board member um but i uh came across the kitchen um i've known namali for a little bit but um personally uh but so i volunteered at the kitchen and i thought oh this sounds like it's in my wheelhouse i love the education bit yeah um uh, and I love the community outreach, but I did see a little bit of that and experience that firsthand when I came into the um, the kitchen with just, I feel like, I remember it was a summer kids camp at first, and uh, on it starts on Monday and ends on Friday, and the transformations with just exposing uh, kids, not only to just eating, but taking them out by the garden, yeah. and really not pressuring them to eat kale or try, you know, squash, but just the touching. Maybe you're a good, you know, kale massager or, you know, (laughs) or or cutter or, you know. um, And I I really thought that empowered the kids. And by Friday, everybody was trying um, the green dragon smoothie or the kale salad. And there were a lot of people that when they came in on Monday said, oh, I don't eat anything green and oh, my kid won't eat that. But that transformation happens so quickly when they're around uh, their peers um, and when it's not given a bad, um, this green healthy smoothie or right. um, or this uh, kale salad, you yeah, know, I, yeah. I feel like when it's it's presented in a positive way and you're actually having fun doing it, you're more likely to try it. So I definitely saw that transformation uh, happen very quickly when volunteering. Yeah. And and I could see how much you were having fun and, you know, and how passionate you were just in your own story about food and, and health and the connection between food and health. And so it just seemed like a natural fit for you yeah. to join as a board member. Well, it's such a noble mission and, um, and it's happening here in our community. And obviously when you go and experience other places, um, you know, you do see the obesity epidemic, but I think what you're, what we are doing by educating our community and not only our community, but with all of our free uh, resources yeah. that we provide on the website, it's it's really can ripple in to everywhere across the world. And I think with giving kids and families and grandparents, uh, people that take care of kids, um, these tools, I think I've seen it make a difference in our community and, and elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, because you're, you're on the road a lot doing, yeah, you know, right. doing tastings. Chrissy um, has really joined uh, along with some of our cooking instructors, um, joined forces, and we are doing 
dozens and dozens of events. So we as a board decided after we made our website that it wasn't enough just to have a website with great recipes, but that people really needed to see how easy, how affordable and delicious these recipes are. And so um, you've really been such a great help in actually going out to to see people and talk to people and let people try our recipes. Well, it's very little effort because, you know, when, when you're around such a great team um, and, and the mission is, you know, infectious. I, it, it makes a lot of sense. It's very simple, but noble. And to be out, I mean, I love to be out in the community. And um, I just think this is this mission is so easy. um, And it makes sense. And um, what's what, it's awesome, and why it kind of feeds me more into getting more involved is, for example, I was at an event yesterday at a hospital and we were doing chili, um, sweet potato chili. And just to even see not only kids, you know, grown adults yeah. call themselves picky eaters. Oh, I don't like sweet potatoes, but I'll try it. And that's a big deal. Yes, um, yeah. and Yeah, I just like kind of the hands-on work and and being the foot on the ground. And you know from doing all the events, sometimes it's the adults that are the most reluctant to try. Totally. Um, There's an epidemic of adult selective eaters, which is probably in part why we have an epidemic of obesity. Because a lot of the foods that selective eaters like to eat are those salty, sweet, processed, easy-to-eat foods. Um, And so it's... You know, sometimes the hardest sell is to the adults. Some kids are naturally a little bit more adventurous and mm-hmm. they're yeah. curious and right. they may want to try, even if it's smelling it or touching it. But um, yeah, we get a lot of adults that are like, mm, I'll take a pass on that. Exactly. And, and sometimes we really have to, you know, be the most encouraging to, yeah, adults. to the adults. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, we have a sugar board that, that we take with all the event uh, to all of the events and it, displays the amount of sugar in a big gulp or maybe that chocolate milk or the Capri Suns that your kids get after school activities. And that when people see the physical amount of sugar, uh, it is eye opening. And we had somebody that we did an event the other day and um, she worked at a hospital and she said, I think I'm going to throw my Sprite away now, you know? (laughs) So, but just by seeing you're putting, you know, 10 tablespoons of sugar into you um, yeah. by just drinking that Sprite. So it, those kind of things. And she was an adult yeah. and in the healthcare you know, business. And so it's interesting and constantly inspiring. Awesome. It's so good to have you guys here. And yeah, we, um, we have such a good time as a group and we all try to, um, you know, make sure that we inject some fun into our work, which always makes it you know, makes us, fuels us. Yeah, sure. (laughs) It really does. Yeah. All right. Thanks guys. Yeah. Thank you for having us. So next up, we are talking to two of our newest board members. We're so excited that they're here. Um, And we're going to just chat a little bit about why you guys are uh, so into the mission and what keeps you coming back for more. So I've got here, um, I have here Laura Vizioni and um, Jessica Berenger, and they are um, a little nervous to be here, but I think we're all just going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> really. We usually do. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll start with Laura. Laura is um, 
a photographer. So she, you've been in our Dr. Yum tribe for a while, about a year, two years now, right? Two and a half years, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. And um, you were new to the area, so I'll tell the story okay. and then jump in. Um, but you were new to the area and met uh, Heidi, one of our founding board members, and we learned about this gift that you have for photography. So tell us how you got started with that. With photography? Mm-hmm. Um, I have always been taking pictures for as long as I can remember. My earliest photographs are of my Cabbage Patch dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Set up in cute outfits, like tending to teddy bears. Yeah. Um, but I started studying photography in earnest after I had my fourth child. Okay. Yeah. I looked back at photographs I'd taken of the older kids when they were younger, and I liked them, but I saw other photographs that I thought were better, and yeah. I wanted to be better. Wonderful. Yeah. So we um, we were looking for um, a way to make our recipes sing on our website as we were reviewing the website and, and updating it. And uh, our pictures were terrible. They were my iPhone pictures, <laughs> <laughs> mostly late at night with terrible lighting. So Laura's a stickler for lighting and my lighting was terrible. And um, so when we learned about your passion for photography and food photography and how you like to yeah. specifically tell stories about food and family, which is so interesting and wonderful, um, she so graciously volunteered to re-photograph our catalog. And that's kind of how you were introduced to our track. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't photography, though, that first sort of drew me in. It was really cooking. Yeah. I've always had a passion for cooking, and I believe wholeheartedly in the family meal. Right. Um, and not necessarily it being like the most perfectly healthy meal every night, but right. being home cooked yeah. and home cooking. So it was home cooking that attracted me to the project at first. And I thought, well, maybe I'll chop veg and support the teaching kitchen. And then when I saw right. the recipe archives, I thought, oh, wait oh, a minute. And these pictures are I terrible. I can marry photography <laughs> and my love of cooking and help them all at the same time. So, so for those of you listening, um, Go to the website, go to drgam.org, check out um, the recipes because you'll see Laura's pictures, the photos. They are so, so, so beautiful. And I love that you tell a story with your pictures. You're always looking for a way to tell a story. And I think that's what's so unique about your photography is you can feel that story as soon as you look at the the website. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I do think that's what I like about photography is storytelling and starting as a documentarian of family life. Yeah. Yeah. It's really about telling stories. So, so Laura yeah. is like an onion, um, not smelly, but <laughs> <laughs> but she has, she has many layers, right? And so, um, one of the wonderful things that we have learned about you is how many layers you have, and how you have sort of this great experience that you're now bringing to the Dr. Young Project as a board member um, from your career life, and how um, you've gotten us more organized and um, really, I think brought a whole other level of um, excitement to the organization and um, yeah, an organization, which is not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It was a great honor to be invited to join the board and I'm really excited to help in any way I can beyond the photography. Uh, you, what I, I love too about all of our board members is we all kind of live the mission and we may not be perfect. We may not serve the best meals every night. We may not cook every night, but we really aspire to live the mission. Definitely. And I know with four children that can be challenging. <laughs> and I know that you're, um, a, 
very organized about that, and you must have to be to feed four children and that's a husband true. every night. It's true. So, yeah. What? Just because I know I think we're going to be doing a whole another episode about your meal pan- planning strategies, which are yes. you know epic. But just give us a taste <laughs> of like what it is that you do um, on a, on any weeknight to just make it happen. Gosh. My nerdy love of process has (laughs) led me for 15 years or so to be a pretty obsessive meal planner. Oh. So I know come Sunday morning what we're going to eat for dinner every night of the following week so that I can shop Sunday or Monday and so that everything I need is in the fridge and I know what recipes we're going to turn to. Sometimes you don't need one. Sometimes you do. But if I do, they're printed out. They're on file. Everything's at the ready, yeah. which lets me cook or lets my husband cook, or now I have at least three older kids who can cook, so now everybody can get in on it because the prep is done, the planning is done. Yeah, and you involve your children a lot in cooking. Definitely now, yes, for sure. That's incredible. We even have a kids cook night where I just hand over the recipe. I might pull the ingredients out of the fridge and say... Okay, so parents that are listening, make sure you check out the upcoming episode about that because you can get your kids to cook, and Laura is here to tell you how to do that. All about it. All about it. You bet. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, 15, 13, 11, and 4. Yes. He's in on it. No, he's 5. All different kinds of palettes, I'm sure. You're five. And, yeah, different needs. and Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They all have something they can do that's productive. Yep. Um, okay, so the um, our other new board member that we're here to talk about, talk with, is Jessica Berenger. And I have known Jessica for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell them how we got to know each other? Yeah, yeah. We, um, you were my pediatrician yeah. for my children. I have um, three girls, and... Um, I think you came in um, to the practice that we were already <clears throat> that we were already with, and we obviously fell in love with you. And when you opened up your practice, we it was just natural that we would follow you to your practice. So you've been seeing, um, I mean, you've been seeing my girls since um, before I had my last one. Yeah, so, 2005. Yeah, so yeah, long time, long time. Yeah, so we've <laughs> known each other. So I've been following the Dr. Young Project forever, and um, had to kind of wait for. And things to um, get off my plate uh, volunteer wise until I could kind of jump in to support um, but I've always been a, a big supporter obviously of what you're doing and the mission of uh, the Dr. Young Project. Jessica is a tour de force in our community so she's she's everywhere and knows everybody and you grew up in Fredericksburg too. I did. Mm-hmm. So um, we were just completely honored that she would want to join our mission because um, we know her capacity and how passionate she is about the work that she does and when she jumps in she jumps in with both feet which you have yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh, really taken over a lot of really important parts of our organization. Um, and I know you like to cook too. I do. And you cook with your girls. Yes. Your girls are adorable. Yeah. Um, I've known them since they were squirts and they, um, have all been coming through the office yeah. recently and they're, they're all growing up and yep. we've been having, um, we've been having all of our checkups recently. So I've seen you, <laughs> well, I see you a lot, but I saw you last week. I saw you yesterday and then I've got Jenny, I think coming next week. Nice. So, um, yeah. And all of my kids love to cook and, and different things. It's really yeah. interesting. Um, you know, I've got one that just is all about baking. And so we're, you know, trying to find healthy, uh, you know, right. things to bake because right. lots of sugar in the things, but we're, you know, having fun with that. 
and then one that really likes to cook full out meals. Um, and so that's been interesting just to utilize the tools that um, the Doctor Young Project has. I mean, I've got my, when Anna was six, she was on the website doing the meal maker. I think we, we were the first ones to yeah. kind of get it and yeah. test out. Yeah, you were our test Yeah, family. test it that's out. Right. And um, they love that. And it was it's easy for that age. Yep. So we've been using that for a long time just to try to help them to say their things in the fridge. I'm not as organized as Laura <laughs> with my planning. I do try to be, um, but you know, it will be, what do we have in the fridge that we yeah. can put into, you know, a soup. And um, we've taken a lot of your summer camps. Uh, we've done a lot of the, just the classes. We did the curry in a hurry class, which we loved. I loved the one-on-one -on -one time with just one of them. And so that just kind of sparks their interest yeah. to do things. Um, and, and, you know, I think, you know, I'm listening to Lauren, like the planning and everything. And I think what really got me interested, you know, a couple, really a couple years ago is when my kids were doing the sports yeah. and I found myself in a car from like 4.30 to 8 o'clock at night. And I'm, you know, doing all of these meals and I'm thinking there's got to be a better way. Or I'm watching everybody, you know, drop them off and pick up Chick-fil-A or yeah. pick up yeah. McDonald's. And it just, it was awful. Yeah. I couldn't stand you know you can only sustain that, that so long. <laughs> type of lifestyle for so long and um and we hadn't you know we just weren't a real fast food family I mean I we will pick up Chick-fil-a here and there sure. um but it just was it was really hard and so to be able to um find recipes that were easy and quick um to cook that the kids could get involved with doing and then we would say okay hey this is you know what I'm putting in in the box you know in your little bento box tonight yeah. for dinner so that was another big it's thing a for common us. thread with so many families, the struggle with how to eat when you're out and how to, you know, maintain those good habits in this crazy lifestyle. So you know, with three kids, your kids are all very sporty. They do all these after school activities. And, you know, it's it, the path of least resistance is to go through and get that convenience food. Yeah. Um, but we pack lunches. Kids yeah. pack lunches. Yeah. Right. So right. I love your idea of just packing dinner. dinner. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was, we were doing a lot, a lot of that. I mean, it takes a little bit of prep right. and it does take a little bit of, you know, organization. <laughs> um, and so, but I, but I feel like it's so important and, you know, and then I was doing that I was doing the family dinners when they were younger. Cause I seemed like I had more time, right. Nap time yeah. and things like that. And then now, um, they're at school and I should have more time, but somehow I don't. And, um, it, it's become a lot harder. So yeah. really totally. using the tools that, um, that you have on the website the recipes um and i i'll just say to the kids okay we've got eggplant just go search eggplant you know yeah. and we'll find you know <laughs> oh, we'll find something that. or letting them do it and and they love what they cook if you yeah. cook it you're taking pride in what you're cooking and Absolutely. they're gonna taste it and um and then we were just in yesterday with the cooking hours yeah as well yeah. and they um were in the kitchen I, I i said to anna when i left i said we're gonna we're gonna make all of our appointments on tuesday so we can come <laughs> and to see what they're yeah. tasting yeah, because so it fed me lunch yesterday um, but it was, but it was great for her to, you know, to taste it and then say, okay, well we can go home and, um, and we can make that and maybe we'll add our own, yeah. you know, things in. So, yeah. So for those of you listening, we do have, um, at the Dr. Young Project kitchen every Tuesday, uh, first and third Tuesday, we have kitchen hours. So because my practice is situated in the same building, my patients enjoy coming in on Tuesday. We get busy on Tuesdays because oh, yeah. people, they want to come and eat. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I had a nice... we're doing recipe yeah. development and That's trying new recipes. Idea. So it's a lot of fun. Um, 
So I am so glad to have you guys in our tribe. And I can't tell you enough how um, excited I am about what we're going to be doing as a group. So you've met everybody now, um, if you've been listening, from the Dr. Young board. And, um, you know, we're going to be, this podcast is really going to be all about how to live this mission. Because it's not easy, as we all know. And we're going to be so excited to bring some great guests on the show and really introduce you to some really practical ways of um, how you can live a great life with eating great food. And um, we really do believe in this connection between food and health. So thanks, everyone, for stopping by my office and chatting. And um, we'll see you guys next time. This has been Dr. Yum's Dish. Thanks to Mary Washington Healthcare for their generous financial support and Gay at Degbalola for her musical contributions. Check out our website at dryum.org and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Search Dr. Yum. That cabbage, oh, she's a cutie. Please roll around and have such fun. Lettuce has pretty ruffles. But they're not number one Give me some broccoli Give it to me please Give me some broccoli That's what I need It tastes so good I can't go wrong Vitamins and minerals Keep me strong That's broccoli, broccoli, broccoli That's what I said with that cute little bushy.